Hey folks, Keith here. Just a reminder that today's episode is part of our mini-series, Whiteboard Innovators. If you have questions about what this series is about and who OPG, the host, is, you can go back and listen to the episode that Olivia and I recorded where we discussed this mini-series, how it came about, and why she's involved in it. I'm really excited to share the podcast with Olivia for this episode and the other ones in this mini-series. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. Hello, and welcome back to Whiteboard Innovators. At Bain, we take our most innovative, wild, and out there ideas to the whiteboard, where we translate them from a disruptive concept into a workable reality. Today, we invite you to grab a marker and join us as we sketch out what's happening at the forefront of innovation and entrepreneurship at Bain & Company. Today, we have an incredibly special guest, Patrick Obiad. Patrick is a founder and CEO of ESG Flow, a company that he started at Bain via our Founder Studio program. I'm so excited to learn more about the Founder Studio, ESG Flow, and all of the exciting things that are happening there. So, Patrick, welcome. Olivia, thank you so much. I'm so honored and humbled to be here. So, Patrick, you are founder and CEO of ESG Flow. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that startup. What problem is ESG Flow solving and why did it excite you? No, great question, Olivia. I think if I were to take a step back and summarize the vision of ESG Flow, I would say we're, we're helping our customers create the right infrastructure and data backbone to create a more equitable and sustainable world. In today's world, there's no way for companies out there to efficiently and effectively gather ESG data. And we think with the advancement of AI and other technologies like natural language processing, now is the perfect time to build a solution that allows you to create an ESG data structure in a very efficient and effective way. That's beautiful. I love it. What an inspiring thing to get to work on. How did ESG flow come about? It started with a hackathon, right? Yes. Every year at Bain, we have a hackathon where you know the brightest and greatest minds of Bain come together and present ideas that solve problems that we as a company are facing or our, our clients are facing. Actually, ESG Flow used to be ESG Lighthouse. ESG Lighthouse was the winner of the hackathon two years ago. The idea of ESG Lighthouse was an end-to-end integrated solution for companies, for everything related to ESG, whether it's data gathering, whether it's data reporting, whether it's even like carbon trading. So what I then did is join the Founder Studio, which is essentially a venture studio within Bain, which is a a way for Bain to act as your co-founder as you're building a startup. I came in and I did an exercise, which is finding the product market fit for the solution that we're trying to build. And that was a long exercise. I spent around two to two and a half months interviewing chief sustainability officers, chief financial officers, chief procurement officers from all around the world. I would say I probably had more than 150 interviews to be able to truly define the product market fit, which then became ESG Flow. So Patrick, what I'm hearing from you is the hackathon gave birth to this problem, right? This idea of we need to do something here with ESG, ESG data collection. And you know, as a winner of the hackathon, that problem matriculated to the desks of folks at the Founder Studio, which is Bain's in-house venture studio. 
you ended up getting connected with that same group of people at the founder's studio. You saw this problem. You raised your hand for it. You said, I want to find product market fit. And then grew it into ESG Flow, stepped in as founder and CEO, and now you're off to the races. Is that right? That is exactly it, Olivia. I'm curious. So you kind of glossed over this a bit, but how did you find yourself at the founder's studio ready for this role? I would say it's serendipity. Mm-hmm. In a way, I at that time, I knew I wanted to be a founder. I knew I wanted to work on something that has a positive mission, like ESG. I didn't know exactly how to do that. I very quickly learned about Engine 2, which is the center of innovation for us at Bain. And also very quickly learned about Founder Studio just through a series of random conversations with Bainese from all around the world. As I was having a conversation with the COO of the Founder Studio, who had just joined, he basically told me that you know the first venture that they're trying to incubate is an ESG venture. And given my background working in energy efficiency projects at Bain for the last decade, and also given my interest and passion in the space, I felt like this is exactly the mission that I would like to focus on for the coming years. So very quickly made that decision, I would say on the spot to join. And as you rightfully described, find the right product market fit. You're building this at the Founder Studio, which means in partnership with Bain. What does that partnership look like on paper? Bain and I both have skin in the game. We both have incentives to grow this, to build this, to set this up for success. So in a way, Bain and I are truly co-founders in this. How does Bain function now as a co-founder? Yeah, also a great question. So at the time of recording this, I'm actually still part of Bain and we're launching ESG Flow later this month. Bain continues to support me as a co-founder. So I would say now that we have a product market fit, now that we have a clear product that we've built that we are able to now sell to companies out there, Bain helps on many dimensions. One is specifically in the go-to market. I mean, as being a consultant for the last 10 years, a big part of what I do with my clients is help them go to market. Bain has a lot of expertise in this space, helping me focus my go-to market, opening doors for me, for example, with chief financial officers of chief procurement officers of big companies globally. So Bain plays a big part there, and I'm extremely grateful for those connections. Second is Bain still serves as a thought partner. What we're solving is a massive problem. We are basically trying to create the new world order of ESG. Right now, everyone is talking about ESG, but really there's no solution out there trying to help you create trusted, traceable, true data that is complete and in a timely manner. And I feel with that comes a lot of thinking and it's a very complex problem to solve. And I'm grateful for the many advisors and thought partners I have at Bain helping me shape the problem and really be able to like find the solution. Third is from a technological perspective, Bain has a lot of existing partnerships with AWS, for example, or with you know OpenAI. And a lot of what I'm trying to solve will require you know, generative learning or machine learning. And I think tapping into those existing expertise and connections will allow me to set myself up for success and obviously set the ESG flow up for success as well. I love it. So I have a, a bit of a sense now for what you're doing at the Founder Studio and the incredible work that's happening with ESG flow. I want to take a step back for a second and go back to your background, specifically your childhood. 
I know in prior conversations, you've spoken about growing up in Lebanon and being a hustler from birth. I'm curious, did that experience help feed your interest in entrepreneurship? I would say 100%. I think, you know, I always say I'm super grateful for where and how I grew up. I think growing up in a country where, you know, you had to figure things on your own at such a young age really shaped me to become a problem solver. And even more than just a problem solver, also a person who can connect dots, you know, very intuitively and very naturally. I mean, in a way, I grew up in a country that, you know, has a lot of trauma and PTSD. So we we were a country that has been sadly governed by war for generations and generations. Growing up in a country where being perseverant was not an option conditioned me to have the entrepreneurial mindset early on. What I'm hearing from you, Patrick, is that you've always had this entrepreneurial instinct. When you first started your professional career, I mean, you came to Bain, right? And spent almost eight years in consulting. So I'm curious, what is it about consulting that really drew you in that made you want to start there? I would say joining Bain was also a very serendipitous event in my life. I had just finished my internship working with a construction company in London and decided that construction isn't for me. And then I just had flown back to Beirut after my internship and started learning about Bain and other consulting firms out there. It was a very new phenomenon in the Middle East. Consulting companies didn't really hire that many students from my university. Learned more about it and it seemed pretty cool. It seemed like it's an environment where I can grow, where I can learn, where I can influence decision-making, something intellectually stimulating, working with diverse colleagues from all over the world and applied and luckily got in. Now, in terms of why choose consulting or a stable job versus just going YOLO and going down the entrepreneurial path when I was 21, I would say financial stability has been a key driver in my life for the last 10 years. You know, I had student loans. I've been financially independent since I'm 15. I've taken a lot of time to define my relationship with money. And while I would have loved to take those risks, I'm actually a very methodical thinker and knew deep inside of me at the age of 21 that even though entrepreneurship is something that I want to eventually do, what I need to focus on in my 20s is set myself up for success in my 30s to be able to do that. Over the last 10 years, I feel I've grown, I've learned, I've met the most amazing people as part of being a pain. And thankfully, has been able to create a small nest for myself to be able to take that leap of faith and go down the entrepreneurial path. Wow. Financially independence is 15. That's incredible. And you you use the word serendipity, but it sounds to me, Patrick, like you really knew what you were doing in terms of taking this intentional career step. I've spoken with different guests about their backgrounds. Some folks truly just stumbled upon their thing, right? Stumbled upon their spark. But it sounds like you were really thoughtful about when and how you were ready to dive into entrepreneurship. And it it sounds like the Founder Studio in Bain is a perfect way to facilitate this passion of yours while still allowing you to enjoy some of that kind of stability and structure that has made Bain such a wonderful formative experience. Exactly. And I would say also, Olivia, like, My mentors and colleagues at Bain have been very supportive of this vision and mission over the last decade. So really grateful for the community and the support that I've gotten. Along those lines, so 
you were working as a consultant for almost a decade. What was the transition like from consultant to EIR? And I'm curious if it was if it was a hard decision at all. Unfortunately, it started with an accident. I had just moved to Austin and I was actually heading to the office for the first day on a scooter and unfortunately was hit by a car, which then led to a series of events that required me to spend almost two months in bed. I do think that those two months were transformational in terms of reflection, in terms of making decisions for my 30s. And I would say one of the biggest decisions at that point was, I want more skin in the game. I want to be in a hyper growth environment. I want to be working on something that is mission driven, that is transformational at the macro level. I knew entrepreneurship was the next step for me. I didn't know exactly how to approach it. Thankfully, I learned about the AI program. Back then, the founder studio were looking for an EIR to lead the SE flow. I think it was a very natural decision. And it's a decision that I, that I have zero regret. And if I can go back in time, I would do it all over again. I love it. I love it. So it sounds like you were ready to jump in and ESG Flow just presented itself as the perfect opportunity. Was there ever a part of you that considered founding a company outside of Bain? I mean, 100% yes. I did think through that, right? Before I learned about ESG Flow, I was thinking about doing exactly that. I wasn't sure what the right path was for me to become a founder, whether it's working alongside another founder, finding a co-founder, quitting and starting a startup. I did think through that. Now, then I end up spending time learning about venture studios. And I think what I learned is actually founding a startup within a venture studio de-risks the startup and improves the chances of success because of many reasons. Helping you find product markets faster, opening up, up doors for design partners and customers earlier, opening up doors for fund thing through a network of VCs. And the most important one is having a community of other EIRs that can be can serve as a support system. And I would say like that that mental part of the journey is probably the most important one for founders. So for me it was a no-brainer that I think joining a venture studio and giving up a bigger chunk of equity early on was something that I was afraid of, but at the same time something that made sense on paper. Yeah. It makes sense. And I know we'll talk later about what's happening right now at ESG Flow, but it certainly seems like that decision has paid off. You guys have some really exciting stuff that's happening and a ton of traction in the market. So it's fun to watch. You mentioned this community and I would love to hear more about that. Who else is in the founder studio? Are you guys talking to each other regularly? Is everybody at the same stage or different stages? What does that look like on the back end? So right now we have a group of five entrepreneurs in residence. And we meet regularly, I would say once every two weeks. We talk about everything and anything, like which technological vendor to work with to build your product. How do you market this? How do you sell this? Sometimes it's like group therapy, you know, how hard the journey is. And we just vent. That's, by the way, a big part of why I want to be an entrepreneur. I actually think that when you're a founder, everyone wants to help you, which is amazing. I don't think if I pick up the phone and call someone, I feel like every single call that I've had or every single message or email that I've sent led to a call that was then fruitful, whether it's them connecting me to a customer or to an investor or them becoming advisor. So I feel like there's a, a great energy that comes with that. And finding your support system is something that is really important, but also something that comes naturally as part of the journey. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, having every call and email answered is probably not a universal experience for most entrepreneurs. I would assume that being part of the the Bain ecosystem is is helpful with that as well. Absolutely. Now, so just to quote one customer that we have, I think when I first met with her, she said, I get emails like this every day. And I chose to take this call, which is like a decision I make once a quarter because you're part of Bain Company. And the fact that we've built this with Bain provides a lot of credibility also shows that we've really deeply thought about the way to design this because you know our clients and ourselves as Bain & Company are facing these problems. Yeah, it sounds like Bain gave you a lot of really practical tools to be able to start a business, but actually taking the leap of faith, I think as you described it, required a mindset shift. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What are those mindset shifts that you've you've had to make in the last six months? Let me walk you through a few of those. One is being an entrepreneur pushes you to operate in a very scarce environment with not that many people and not that many solutions or tools that you can use or capabilities. That was a big mindset shift. I would say second thing is when you're solving a problem for a client as part of being on a client case in consulting, you're truly only thinking about how to help that specific client. I think when you're launching a company and you're building a solution that is scalable, if you're only focusing on that specific customer you're working with, then that becomes a problem because you may end up falling into the trap of building something that is over-customized and not scalable. So I think it's important to be able to find that right balance between serving your existing customers, making sure they're satisfied with the product you're building, but at the same time, set yourself up for long-term scalability. Maybe the third thing actually, and it's something that actually has been a very different mindset shift is that I am building a company that will have employees a year from now that I don't know yet, or employees that I'm hiring now will be there probably three years from now. That's also a big responsibility that I didn't have in the past. Setting the right culture today is going to have a huge impact on how the company will be run three to five years from now. Yeah. Looking forward, you know, you're setting up this company culture, you're crafting your go-to-market strategy. What's next after graduating the founder studio? So when ESG Flow launches, I will lean in to become the CEO of ESG Flow. And I will have the I mean the full ownership and accountability in terms of decision making. I think the biggest thing that we're focusing on right now is is raising funds. So we're raising our seed round. We want to get strategic investors on board, investors who have experience in investing in B2B SaaS, in enterprise software, in artificial intelligence, in climate and clean tech. I think it's going to be a great journey and really looking forward to be part of it. I love it. We have to come back for season two of our podcast and get the update on how everything's going. I know I know, we can't talk about everything that's happening behind the scenes, but some really exciting stuff in the woodwork. So I can't wait to hear the updates on that. Absolutely. So I'm fired up. I'm sure that everybody who's listening is really excited. If people who are listening, if they're interested in the founder studio, what are the ways that they can get involved? I would say there are many. Probably the best place to start is to participate in the hackathon. It's an incredible opportunity to channel your creativity, partner with Bainies from all over the world, and help solve some of the most challenging problems that we as a company are facing or our clients may be facing. So start with that. Second is do reach out to the founder studio leadership 
if you have questions about how you could be more involved over the coming years, I think this is an incredible program that most Bainese should try to be part of. And I know there are many ways, in addition to being entrepreneurs in residence, you can also be part of a rotational team that serves, that supports those startups. And I actually had many consultants that I've worked with over the last eight months. But yeah, but there are many ways to, to stay connected. And yeah, I'm always here to have conversations as well if anyone is interested. Patrick, we are drawing to the end of our time together, which makes me so sad. I've so enjoyed our conversation. I've learned an enormous amount. We ask the same final question of all of our guests. At Bain, we're all about True North. What do you think is your True North that has guided you throughout your career? I would say two things I've learned at Bain over the last decade. One is to prioritize impact. We always say results and not reports. And I think it's one that will continue to serve as my True North over the coming decades. I would say the second guiding principle is to always choose to do the right thing. I think in any situation, most humans know the difference between right and wrong, but it's about the courage to do the right thing and doing it consistently. Having the courage to always do that, I think is, is very important and something that I hope and I will continue to do in my next in the next decades. Patrick, it has truly been a pleasure. Good luck on all your endeavors. I cannot wait to see where ESG Flow goes next. Thank you, Olivia, so much.